0: We'll <laughs>
1: To binge Theory, the coolest corner on the internet. I'm your humble host, Julian, and with me today we have three of the best experts on all things cinema, entertainment, comics, gaming on the internet. We have Logan. Hello. We have Brianna. Hello. And we have Kenny. Hello. And today we have another chock full of interesting stuff episode. Um, right off the bat, we're going to be touching on the WandaVision episode six. Um, titled, All New Halloween Spectacular. That's the actual title of it. Um, just to give you the gist of it, um, in this, um, oddly enough, they are in the 90s. They've been slowly progressing each decade. So now they are in the 90s um, with a Malcolm in the Middle field, And it's basically a during Halloween where Wanda is dressed in her, you know, Wanda comic book look. Vision is in his comic vision look. And it introduces of course, from the last episode, um, Pietro, into the family, how he relates to them, how he's related regarding the um, Pietro of the MCU, why he looks different, they address all that fun stuff. And also there is a, uh, let's just say, a unique individual drive that's pushing Vision to find out what's really going on. And he tries to literally get out of the barrier, but that is the gist of it. And I want to first of all um drop it to Kenny and say, Kenny, what did you think of this episode six? A very um hollow a new Halloween spectacular.
2: Um I thought it was a pretty good episode. Um yeah, you know, I saw some comments that uh basically said this was more of like a development episode. There wasn't anything too major, but I think there were some things that were confirmed in this episode. Um, I did like a lot of the little Easter eggs or, or nods to uh, to various things, you know, um, especially like for the Halloween costumes, everybody was dressed up in their classic, you know, comic book personas like, uh, you know, Pietro was in that, that classic uh, Quicksilver. Um, of course, like you mentioned uh, Wanda and Vision were in theirs, but also her twins, Um, Billy and Tommy were in their personas as um, uh, Speed and Wiccan. I think Tommy is is Speed and and Billy is Wiccan. Um, And then um, there was a moment where I think it's just before Pietro runs off with the kids to go help them, you know, expedite their, their candy collection where as he runs off, she says, kick ass. And I thought that was a a cute nod to the fact that both Evan Peters and Aaron Taylor Johnson, who would both have portrayed Quicksilver were both mm -hmm. in the movie, kick ass.
3: Good Um, Easter. Good. I
2: thought that was a, that was a cool little nod to, to that movie. Um, And then the movies there, when they were walking through town square and you look up on the theater They had the two movies that were playing were The Incredibles and The Parent Trap, which I thought was also, you know, kind of uh, like a a nod to to just what's going on in general, right? Like The Incredibles is about, you know, superpowered family and Parent Trap is about twins, you know. Um, And I I just thought that was another cool little nod.
1: And who who produced both those films?
2: Now that one you got me on, but if that's another another little Easter egg, good on.
1: No, it, it was Disney. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even think. I don't know why. How do I not think about that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm disowned as a uh, as a Disney fan. <laughs> um, but no, overall, I, I thought the episode was really, uh, really well done. Um, I definitely liked that. You could tell that there was some, there was tension between Wanda and Vision, and that you could see her frustration with the fact that she could not. that that she couldn't control him and that he wasn't following her, uh, script that, that, you know, you could tell she, the story that she's wanting to tell, um, he's not following. So I like that, that we're seeing that tension there. And then, um, obviously we know that as he tried to exit, you know, her, uh, hex that, um, he would die. (laughs) So, uh, Wanda, uh, when when her kid you know who's discovering his powers uh realized there was a problem she i, I love that she just stops everything all action all movement in westview and then expands her westview world right um and i, I thought that was that was you know just a really good uh, display of her, of what her powers have become.
1: Uh, I, I am with you hundred percent. Matter of fact, and Brianna, I want to pitch this to you because I always got that sense that this was essentially for lack of a better term, like a big uh, simulation, you know, more of a, a, a cerebral si- simulation, but these are all characters that she's controlling kind of like a CPU in a large um, open world video game. And I was saying every once in a while, she'll probably lose track or, you know, it'll be a little buggy, like uh, cyberpunk. And-
4: <laughs> It's a lot and, buggy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which this and, episode was, so it's and, perfect. And, and,
1: and, to, and you know this, like uh, say for example, in Grand Theft Auto, where the, the whole reason that it moves so effortlessly is when uh, you're not within like a certain area, everything just stops. You know, it's not like everything else it's is. It's
4: only loading little sections at a time. Yeah, exactly.
1: And when Vision, you know, went to that other neighborhood off script, and I love that term, Kenny. He came across people that were shut down, <laughs> completely frozen because they weren't doing anything.
3: But but people yeah.
4: still crying in some of it. it They're in there. Yeah, those
3: uh, tears were intense.
4: It's awful. And that was <laughs>
3: that was
2: like
1: hard. That was hard to watch. Absolutely, uh-huh. and, and and so Brianna, um, what what what's your um uh, thoughts on this episode?
4: Um, I mean, it was an exciting episode. It's always fun to have like a Halloween episode, and I was one of the reviews I was reading just to even be able to understand the show. Um, was saying like it's pretty classic that a lot of TV shows will have a Halloween episode. You know, sometimes several, especially for the show like that. So. Um, It was a lot of fun. um, But yeah, a lot of stuff happened. I thought it was interesting, like Pho, he remembers being shot. So to me, that signifies like his memories go through like her kind of timeline as opposed to like whatever X-Men one that he had. But I still don't understand how this stuff's happening. Um, Agnes too, I thought that was pretty interesting. I was thinking that she is like basically off the hook now but some people are saying like I don't know like she could still be you know an arch enemy or something and she was just faking it when Vision finds her and then of course she tells them that he's dead and just like all this stuff kind of just rolls on through but I mean I like it but I don't know if it's because like we're at what six episodes in now I'm like it takes so much work for me to understand and even try to process what's happening and it's like I just don't know if a show should be this hard to watch and just to have fun. Like, it's not fun unless it's just like you're just looking at like, oh, the cute Halloween costumes and like the acting's so good. And it's cool how they do these different shows. But like, it's almost getting more frustrating <laughs> the longer it gets. Because like anytime I think something is answered, it's like, well, maybe, but we're still not sure yet. And
1: stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so and, and again, that's just how inception. I feel.
4: Yeah, what's, I guess. <laughs>
1: what, and what's hilarious is these are only basically a little over half an hour long. they yeah. are like, <laughs> short. And and it's, exactly. it, it's but I do hear, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, the internet is saying that the last three episodes are gonna be hour-long episodes.
2: Oh okay. I haven't heard that. There have been some home.
3: rumors, yeah.
1: I heard rumors. Mm-hmm. So that and 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 to your point, Brianna, in regards to uh, Quicksilver having a different recollection of, you know, uh, and he even says to her, well, if, you know, I had a uh, traumatic memory, I'd probably change it too. So I wouldn't recognize their face. So I don't know if they're really explaining it away or if that's just some sort of a... Uh, putting a pin in it in it till yeah. later.
4: But she also like has that vision of him also dead, just like she did with vision. So it's like, yeah, how much of this is trauma, how much is real versus not real? But you know,
1: I, I'd like, say the it's probably, That's an excellent point. I would say it's equal parts. A little yeah. bit of trauma, a little bit of fantasy, a little bit of reality. And uh yeah. Yeah, and that you got that it's um it, it's pretty wild. Um Logan Logan, what were your thoughts on this episode?
3: So I do think it was more, at least I saw it as more of a, I won't say a filler, but it was definitely, you know, like those Halloween episodes, like the Christmas episodes, like those kind of, you know, special ones would do. They're not moving the main story as much, but they're filling in bits and pieces there. You're seeing more about visions discovery. You're seeing more relationship with the kids. Um, I think, you know, it's a little bit more of, of Wanda's, the the scope of her power however she's been able to enhance it that much or or whatever has been enhancing it that much um i think the biggest thing for me was the relationship between um um i guess really her kids and and whoever is portraying quicksilver cuz i don't believe it's necessarily him um i don't know if it's I, I I don't think it's him from a multiverse anymore um but if i would point to anybody as possibly being the uh the lion in sheep's clothing, i would say he's probably got my vote at the moment interesting um you know the way he kind of what did he call the kids in their uh demon spawn yeah.
4: Oh, yeah, that you know, that like that, you know hit, and like then like go that raise hell that
3: like that's it's just
2: like unleash hell, demons spawn.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just kind of like, mm, yeah, but awkward, you know, like it was just a little too, a little too off. Um, and uh, yeah, I think seeing where that develops and the kids' power and, and the kind of all the relationship there, um, and plus Wanda's reaction to some of his off the cuffness, you know, um you know it's like you know don't worry about vision you can't die twice or whatever it was that he said and then she like blasts him through the hay you know so there's uh it's not quite a, a i don't know it's not quite a complete picture um but i think it definitely served to kind of fill in some individual plot lines move things along and um you know like those good one-off episodes you're kind of left with a little bit of change going into the kind of the final home stretch you've got a whole circus now of soldiers and and people and and other stuff back there and a widened sphere of influence and yeah it's uh these last three are going to be really interesting
1: very true now and did you use the term circus as a pun no no Oh, okay. Thank you. You're Literally a circus.
3: Analogy. Literally <laughs> well, the big tent and the clowns and, and yes. everything. Oh yeah. yeah and, it, like and it's an appropriate analogy, I think too, to, to what those kinds of things really are, but it just, it was just a perfect change. And, and you know that there's going to be some sort of showdown there as the mm-hmm. episodes go on.
1: Yeah, a- absolutely. And and Kitty, I, I remember you saying that your evolution, your, your theory has slightly evolved with the new um, information you've been getting from this uh, this series,
2: yeah, um, it has. Uh, but I actually wanted to to call back um, when we re- uh, think Logan just mentioned about seeing Quicksilver dead, or was that hmm. Brianna? Um, but I noticed something after she saw him and she looked away. He asked her if she was okay, and she responded yes. But his, oh, you know, after he's like okay, like. You know he's he's recognizing that something's wrong, so that that made me you wonder how much of him is is there, and you know like maybe it's um, a lot of subconscious you know uh, some some subconscious thought taking over. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my I have updated my theory. I'll probably do this every episode
3: now until the last one. More information
2: yeah. comes. Yeah, up. As, yeah, but that's that's how it works, right? Like when you get new information, you you mm-hmm. update your your hypothesis, your, your theories and things like that. So um, I'm going to go back to, to Avengers Endgame, And at the end, right. During uh, Tony Stark's or after Tony Stark's funeral, uh, her and, you know, Hawkeye, Clint Barton are, are standing there uh, on the edge of the pond and they're talking. Um, and she seems to be at peace, but then in this episode, when Pietro is talking to her about um, how this all started, she said all that she can remember is, is is feeling utterly alone and just endless nothingness. And I'm like, so where did that? I have to think that came from somewhere because if she if she seems at peace at the end of Endgame, and then this is I can't remember how long. I think it's a few weeks after Endgame takes place.
1: Yes. Well, and Kenny, t- just to give you a little something for context, remember Rambo reappeared. Um, uh, oh, geez. I hope I'm not messing up the timeline. Because <laughs> I, I thought that Rambo reappeared and then went right into um, S.W.O.R.D.'s headquarters like within a week or so.
2: Yeah, it was like a, a couple of weeks, I think. Okay,
1: so so, so Wanda, w- Wanda was gone too. So Wanda yep. just reappeared. Um, so Wanda probably reappeared, and yeah, and then she took on Thanos, and then after Endgame, she yeah. probably you know finally got her chance to see Vision, and I think that might have triggered a lot of the. Um, because that's, she, why, that's why I bring it up because well she like, yeah she didn't have a chance to process anything she was gone she was
2: and gone for her,
3: five years yeah for her
2: vision yeah. was, for <laughs> her, was, her but vision but just that's stopped. why that's why I'm bringing it up though because like I know she had to process that but. In her that that quick little, you know, thing between her and Clint, where they're basically talking to each other, she does seem, you know, to accepting of the situation. She doesn't seem like she doesn't come across as utterly depressed. So what I'm what I am thinking is between that time and now, um, that some unknown villain that we haven't been introduced to yet, um, possibly like Mephisto or something is basically got a hold of her or or something and made her made her grief even worse and just expanded on her grief and and then uh manipulated her to see that well you're grieving but you can have these things um and this is what you have to do you could all you would need to do is this, and you could be happy. So
0: yeah.
2: my theory is that whoever this villain is sees her as a very big threat, and this is their way of trying to take her out and remove her from the situation so that she's no longer a threat.
3: See, I don't know that she ever... I, I can certainly appreciate the seeing it, but if, if you think of the timeline that Julian put forth, she would have popped back when... Hulk snapped, she would have went back in Wakanda where she died because everybody returned to where they were from the snap. So she went right from Wakanda to a portal to fight Endgame to then do the funeral. And then at the end of the funeral, I mean, you're still uh, in, even, you know, whether it's any kind of a, a, just a series of of road trips or a battle or, or whatever, you're still dealing with all that kind of high And then I can appreciate that it wouldn't hit her until Clint goes home with his wife and kids.
2: Yeah. I mean, and
3: everybody starts to kind of go home there and then she really is. Yeah. The the funeral is still kind of the end of when she's still in crisis mode. And then everybody leaves to be with their somebody and she's left with nothing.
4: (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, that's true.
1: And and, and and I hear you, and a lot of people on the internet have put that chatter out about Mephisto. I have the wonderful benefit of not knowing anything about Mephisto, so that doesn't even register in my
2: That's why I said awesome probably, because I don't yeah. know I don't know much about Mephisto. I haven't done a lot of research on him. Um, yeah, I've
3: heard the name, but I know nothing yeah. more.
2: But I I do I still hold true that someone is using her grief against her. Mm-hmm. And Ultimately, but by, before this season ends, we're going to see who that is that pushed her to do this. And then I don't know what's going to happen next. That, that's I nice. really wonder, though, if at the end of this season, um, if we're going to have like a huge battle, you know, like, something that culminates in a huge battle between, a, a, you know, like Wanda and Vision and the baddie, or if it's just going to be the baddie gets revealed and then we go on, then it goes to next season. Uh,
1: you know what, I, And the only reference I have is a little bit of the source material from the comic. That's the only thing that I'm really going off of and not saying it could not be a third party manipulating or kind of shaking the, uh, uh, the um, gerbil cage, so to speak. I'm just going with the thought that Disney, even though they want to introduce characters, it would better it had better be a character that everybody can just say, ooh, that's what's his name. Um, because I don't I would I'm just speaking as, you know, a guy who's watched all the Marvel films and I, you know, just heard Mephisto's name just you know in the past couple of weeks. So i if they're trying to introduce a Big Baddie, I would at least hope that it'd be a big baddie that we all would have some I, I
2: recognition would disagree. for. I would what's disagree that? with that because look at phase four um in the movies right? You have Shang-Chi and the, 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 10 rings mm-hmm. we haven't been introduced to really any of those characters yet. Um,
3: none of the Eternals,
2: none of the Eternals, um, uh, the new Hawkeye, um, what's your name? That's, that's going to become the new,
3: Oh, Haley uh, Steinfeld. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's going to, I can't remember what her name is. Kate Bishop. Um, we haven't been introduced to her yet. So I, I actually could see them introducing a a baddie, a, you know, a, a villain that we haven't met before because that that's, that seems to be what they're doing with this new phase is introducing um, completely new characters to the Marvel Universe along with some some previous ones.
1: And I, I hear that 100%. Again, my, my only thought is for storytelling and if you're going to do that in the third act, you would either have to end it on this note, either kind of like how the Justice League botched their storyline. <laughs> and and they had, um, you know, <laughs> little, we're going to get to that, where they had um, Darkseid kind of mentioned, but you never see him. Yeah. And, and kind of like how they were hinting at Thanos, but he was never like an official baddie. He was just kind of the man behind the... Uh, the scenes. Yeah. I would just say that in this series, if you're going to get some sort of a closure, um, either they need to set up for a second season in revealing a big baddie, or they have to have some sort of a, um, a, a, a battle and somebody has to win and introducing a unknown that they're going to fight, he would either have to beat them and then go on to the second season, or he would have to lose. And if he loses, that would be a horrible intro for a baddie to yeah. show up and then lose. Uh, he'd be a Steppenwolf. Sure.
3: wolf. Yeah. From that, what I've read, like, though, this is still supposed to lead into Doctor Strange too.
1: That then it, let, let me counter you, Kenny, with my theory.
3: uh Oh. Since,
1: since, since this
3: is a, <laughs> bring this is it.
1: Well, it, it's it's kind of it hasn't changed that much because everything that you guys are saying still applies with the exception of the third party. I I think it's more along the lines that she's suffering from post-traumatic stress from childhood mind you because her entire life has been a horror show since you know being in sokovia being basically uh locked into a, uh, under rubble looking at a tony stark bomb about to blow up in her face for days so that that might mess with your um your um and you know your um uh your 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 mental well-being and then you know basically seeing her brother shot and you know experiencing that tragic loss. Oh yeah, and I'm so, sorry. Yeah, um Hydra was experimenting on her for who knows how long with the mind stone. So I'm sure that might have loosened a, a few screws. And <laughs> and then of course when she kills all those people in in um not Wakanda but um what what's the name um, L- Lagos. Lagos Lagos, Lagos. Yeah, she Ooh. kills all those people in Lagos. Yeah. And and um so I'm I'm saying I think she's so damaged and and i hate that because i i don't like when um strong female characters have to be crazy you know because that's kind of the go-to oh she's out of her mind anyway so i think she's suffering from a lot of um stress and but the the power thing and the manipulation i don't doubt that she's being manipulated i just think it may not be a sentient being i still think that it's the mind stone reconstituting itself and basically giving her what it thinks she wants and what she thinks she wants. So it's basically constructing this reality based on her, I guess, her subconscious. And yeah. that's why she says, I don't know how it started, but I'm just going with it. Because she has some control. She has some control over what's happening, but things are also being offered to her in this reality that she didn't ask for. It's kind of like when her, when her brother showed up, it's her brother but it's not really a brother but it's a brother that she can accept yeah and and that's something from within her mind and it could be it could be a a character that you know Mephesto or whoever but i and here's my prediction so write it down mm-hmm. yeah. i predict that uh she will things will continue to unravel vision will have a, a strong confrontation with her and say listen i'm not even really here am i This is all you. And she's going to say no. And he's going to say yes. And things really start to spiral. Maybe they have a fight, maybe not. But I think she's going to basically have a breakdown. And this would set up Dr. Strange showing up to, like I said before, pull a um, Professor Xavier and get inside her mind and kind of just, you know, either put up some blockades to prevent this madness or whatever, or maybe, you know, extract the Mind Stone from her. And reconstitute it in, in an actual physical gem instead of just that energy that she may be uh, embodying. So that's what I kind of think is going to happen. Um, in in the in in one sentence, she has a total breakdown. Um, Doctor uh, Strange shows up and sucks the Mind Stone out of her her um, her body. Did,
2: did you catch um, that little moment between her and Pietro in the uh, town square where? Uh they were talking about how all this started. And he was like, um, where did the kids come from, you know? And then they kind of talk about the, the morality of it the, and the ethical situation or the eth- ethical dilemma. And then she's like, you don't have a problem with it. And he's like, nah. So it, that really makes me think like a lot of this is, I think some of the unraveling is her, her subconscious is aware that there's that this is wrong and it's like she's battling internally absolutely but i also wanted to say when you said Lagos, that made me think about the creepy yo magic commercial that they did um in this episode i don't know if you that was that was such a weird commercial like a kid stuck on an island and then they give him a thing of yogurt that he can't open and he just dies. Yes. And then the tagline was, Yo, Magic, the snack for survivors. I, I was just like, that's a that's that's just... It was just creepy and a lot to take in.
1: It, it was dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, I also did like the the joke about uh, when uh, Pietro, too, uh, said to her... Uh, no, she said, what happened to your accent?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, <he> goes, <laughs> what
1: happened to your accent? It, it, it was... Oh, yeah. Now, now I did hear, uh, and again, Internet says, Internet says that um, Black Widow taught her to lose her accent to because Black Widow's Russian, and she lost her accent because it makes you less uh, conspicuous, I guess. Yeah. So I heard that's how she slowly lost her accent. But if you pay attention, when she, in episode five, when she went out and confronted the soldier, yeah, it, it was a little back. It was a little shaky, so... I like that that they're at least addressing that she had an accent. It doesn't, but it's still there. She just is mastered covering it up like um a spy. and she was doing a lot of ops with Black Widow and Captain America when they yeah. were on um uh, uh, you know uh, I guess um excommunicated or 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 whatever. but again, this is like such an exciting uh, series.
2: I like that um when Pietro <laughs> made the comment, don't worry, your dead husband can't die twice. And she was just not having that and just knocked him across the town square. I was like, wow.
1: And 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 that, yeah, that, but again, to me, that um that's her subconscious kind of confronting her with you know the horrors of what's going on, just like when she had the flash of vision dead and the flash of Pietro dead. And and even the control over everybody that's in her reality it's not always 100%. It, you know sometimes the the grip loosens a little bit. i mean that's why they're they're crying. i mean they're they're suppressed. it reminded me a lot of um uh um uh what's his name? jordan Peele's uh get out. Mm. if anybody saw that movie the uh, logan university yeah you, you wouldn't see it, it, it was it was uh, it, i mean again it, it's, it's kind of darker fair, but basically the nut in the nutshell the gist of it is is that there are a um, there's a young African American man who's white one his white girlfriend takes him to meet her family and it turns out that they're part of a cult that basically kidnaps black black men or black people you know they could be men or women and uh, basically lobotomizes them and then inserts their brain right on the frontal lobe so they are basically in control of the body most of the time. Oh wow. Most of the time. So they're like being suppressed with, you know, another conscious. And there's moments where they're just in tears because they're powerless. They're being, they're basically along for the ride. And and I I just, I get that feeling from, from this episode a lot. Anyway, love it. Love it. Love it. We're going to, you know, I mean, how many episodes are in this again? Is it? Nine. Nine. Okay. So three left. Three Um, more. Three more. We will see. And you know what? Maybe we'll have a special surprise. I'm not promising anything. I'm just alluding to it. I'm hinting it. I'm putting an Easter egg out there. Perhaps something will happen on the finale. We will see. Hmm. (laughs) It could be be a very, a very binge special episode. There you go. I'm trying to work in branding here. Okay. (laughs) 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 On to the next topic. We all had the benefit of watching the new Zack Snyder's Justice League trailer. And, I have thoughts because it's thought provoking, but I would like to start off with Brianna. Brianna, what were your thoughts on the uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League trailer?
4: Um, I mean, it looks exciting. I wrote down CGI slash spectacle because that's what it felt like the whole time. It was like it wasn't a lot of like story centric trailer. It was all just like flash bang fights, just stuff going off everywhere. But um, yeah, I don't, at this point I'm like, I just want to watch it. Like I need to rewatch the first one and then obviously watch the new one. But For I just don't remember enough to really like be able to comment more than that. Sure. But it literally just felt like this CGI heavy laden trailer.
1: It, it is like the rebirth of Michael Bay.
4: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) all the
1: flashes everywhere Uh, yeah i mean i'm surprised they don't have a warning you know one of those um (laughs) strobe strobe warnings uh logan what were your thoughts on this
3: i don't know that mine have changed from last time um you know i i think it will be what you know the director wanted his final vision to be and i think that is you know, owed to him as a director on it. And I look forward to seeing what it is and then judging it then.
1: Very true. Very true. Um, yeah, not, not a lot of new information, just a lot of quick scenes. So Quick scenes,
3: though you do see Darkseid, which is a nice touch, I think. Um, mostly because I never really bought Steppenwolf as the main villain in the last version of it. Um, and it did seem, again, like it was. There were some pieces that were cut out, and things. You get two different directors trying to do two different things, and wildly different visions, and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing it as the, you know, one director's complete vision.
1: Excellent, excellent. No, no callback to the Wanda Vision, but just his own vision, vision. Right? His own vision, vision. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
3: I'm uh, glad to see we're getting our HBO sponsored content in this week.
1: Uh, you know what? I'm still waiting for the check. I mean, come on.
3: <laughs> come on,
1: H- residuals,
4: anything. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh,
1: Kenny, what are you, what are your thoughts on this? Uh I think this is the now there may be one more big trailer, but yeah, this is uh the first official trailer or the latest trailer. I don't know. What what are your thoughts
2: it's on? It's definitely
4: this? the longest one.
2: Yes. Yeah. Cool. So I, I I concur with with Logan about um being able to see Zack Snyder's vision, so to speak, come to life. Um, you know, I think that's That'll be you know nice just to see what his original um, idea was for the picture. But I literally wrote one note for the trailer, and all it says is they went through an awful lot of trouble uh, in an attempt to show us that this is a completely different movie than the original Justice League. Because mm. <laughs> that's how I felt, I felt like that's all, that the trailer was really trying to highlight that this is a completely different movie, but, uh, as, even though it's going to be four hours long, DC, you know, this, the DC ch- track record in general doesn't bode well. Um, so obviously we'll watch it. Um, and well, obviously- it's, our, it's
1: our job to watch it as. as, <laughs> as-
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I watch it and I I'll give it its it, you know i give it a fair a fair view. I won't like go into it um you know closed-minded. I, I I can I think my ADD helps with that that I can I can go into things kind of you know fresh and and take it for what it is. So um but I am I'm, I'm looking forward to it just to just to see what what you know the the original um vision was for the the, the picture.
1: Mhm. Absolutely. I mean, and I think I said it last time um, when I was when I was talking to Logan about it. Is for whatever it's worth, you will get the the desired result, the the um, the original vision. Uh, no, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. And for better or for worse, that's what you're going to get. And and uh, yeah, my two cents is I think that uh, it's like a, they're trying to get a second bite at the apple. Uh, they redid Steppenwolf, made him look much more metal, you know, uh, and, um, they did show Darkseid. Uh, it's funny cause they used literally some of the graphics that Steppenwolf was doing and they just put Darkseid's body over it. Mm-hmm. He swings and he swings that hammer and hits the ground. That was Steppenwolf in, in the original version. So they're just swapping characters. Still Steppenwolf in this version.
2: Um, maybe I miss. Maybe I didn't see it correctly.
1: No, no, I'm just talking about a specific scene when you saw Darkseid um, hitting the ground with the hammer.
2: I didn't, I thought that was I thought that was in this trailer. I I I thought it was still Steppenwolf. <laughs> no, I'll have to go back and watch it because I I
1: yeah. I uh, no, yeah. That, well, you, you're right I, to I, think I,
2: that maybe too, that. maybe it's me not going into it with a fresh mind. It's
1: like my I'm seeing the original. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 that's a good eye because it was basically they just, you know, uh photoshopped <laughs> Dark Side over <laughs> top of the <Campbell. laughs> And again, it is what it is. I mean, I, I did take some notes here. Um, you got Lex doing his voiceover, his creepy voiceover. Um, you know, they and they did show you know that dream, the nightmare sequence again with Batman and his you know his wicked cool dusta. And um, um <laughs> Uh, Oh, and you got to see Superman in his black outfit, which is new. And and there is the big reveal at the end that I don't think anybody asked for, but you're going to get it. You're going to get it. Joker wearing tactical gear and saying, you know, the the days of human morality are gone, aren't they? Batman. And again, uh, They better show that they have some deep connection because if, if, you know, uh, just referencing, I think what is the Batman versus Superman when you saw the Robin uh, uniform with ha-ha, the joke's on you. Mm -hmm. They better do a very tasteful and impactful connection between that one thing, that one Easter egg and seeing the Joker again. They better be able to tie that together well. Uh, I don't have all the confidence in Zack Snyder's ability to do that. Like I said before, and, you know, Brianna, you remember my thoughts on Zack Snyder. <laughs> yes. And what happens when you give him the keys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I basically think that he's going to give you a lot of show with not a lot of go. And, you know, that's it, it is what it is. We will watch it. And we will come to you, the good people on the internet, and share our thoughts and opinions because you know, how else will you know what to think?
3: So, very I good. think that will be interesting too with the length of this one because yeah. it, sometimes when you know you're trying to cram in so much show and and you know different pieces end up in the cutting room floor, you know if you're not you know, exceptionally, exceptionally adept at being able to cut and splice and tell a story while being able to show all the flash and, and bang that you want to, um, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I might be a little bit more hedging my bets for a, a more complete story on this one, if only because of the runtime. Now, is it going to be too much and we're going to get just kind of superfluous fluff or too much of it? Maybe, but I think with how long this could be, we'll probably get the clearest picture to date of you know, if that coherent, you know, engaging story is in there, it's just never had the right editor to bring it out.
1: It it's all in the editing at mm-hmm. the end of the day that can make or break a film. Sure. I, I just hope that it's not five extra minutes of footage all in slow motion <laughs> <laughs> that's where you get your extra hour from it's just a very slow,
2: <laughs> slow, motion, fight slow motion um did they can? Conf- did, did they update the um, release notes like I-, I thought originally it was gonna be um four like one hour long episodes and then I had a friend that told me it was gonna that no it's actually gonna be released in a whole four hour long format.
3: I believe it's one four-hour shot. Yeah, I never heard about
1: the four one hours. That would be,
2: yeah. I I don't know because it was going to be four hours long. I think the original intent was they were going to release it almost like a mini series, like Ooh. like four one-hour long, you know, epi- like cut it into just four one-hour long episodes. So, Makes but sense. I think <laughs> I think it's better just to even though it's four hours long, just go ahead and just put it out there. Yeah. Maybe
4: Snyder put his foot down, like, nope, movie only. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, gotta yeah. listen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would have issues with watching that stretched out over several days. Uh, <laughs> but, it, you know, it, uh, especially because we all know where it ends. So watching a slow rollout of that would be, I guess, you know, kind of anticlimactic. And again, it's, it's going to be interesting. It, it's something to do. What are you, you going to do? If you know, it's cold outside... You know, you can't breathe the air. You might as well watch a four-hour-long movie. Okay. There is a new series on Netflix. Brianna brought this to our attention. And because um, I think she may be the only person who saw it, uh, Brianna, I would like for you to tell me about Malcolm and Marie.
4: Yes. Well, it's a movie, not a series. Oh, Uh, sorry. So um but it stars uh john david washington so i was excited because that's the first time i've seen him outside of tenet so i was like okay yeah definitely he's a good actor and zendaya they're literally the two actors in the movie the whole time um it's black and white so it's like got that artsy kind of look to it you know pretty unique nowadays um but uh unless you really like them as actors or just like acting and maybe filmmaking in general don't waste your time (laughs) it was so boring but really it just looks at uh relationships and kind of how what fights are and what really turns into fights like is that exactly what you're fighting about there's a lot of those like undertones kind of figuring out uh stuff along the way um yeah, it was, it was filmed on regular, like, celluloid film, so hmm. I don't know if this is still true, but um, it blew my mind, like, a couple years ago when I heard that they could only do, like, I think it's close to, like, two, two and a half minutes max per take before they have to reload, like, cut, reload the film, start over again, or whatever, but... Um, the shocking thing about this movie, though, is it has some really long takes. Like, I wrote down, like, it is literally a movie of monologues. Um, one of the very first scenes um, is, like, the two of them walking to the house. They're kind of arguing. Zendaya starts dinner because, like, they just came back. Like, basically, he's a movie maker, like, filmmaker. She is his girlfriend, but she wasn't in the film. So, like, there's some a little bit of tension you can pick up on, um, but the premiere went really well. But like she goes outside, starts smoking a cigarette and it literally the film like just tracks him just walking around the living room and it just goes side to side. Like, I don't know how long the scene was, but it was fascinating, like just the amount of dialogue that they had to memorize (laughs) for even just the one scene was actually pretty impressive. So I just thought that was pretty interesting from, I guess, that would you
1: say it's comparable to um scarlett johansson and adam driver in marriage story
4: i guess but i i kind of enjoyed that one more (laughs) because it was more than just fights like literally this movie is like mainly just the fights and then the discussions afterwards and then something else comes up like that is literally all this movie is and And it's in one house and actually i should mention like they shot it in COVID times. So it was like, there was probably like less than 10 people there. It was only the two actors. They like rented this house, outfitted it. And like, that was it, you know, it's pretty simple in that regard. And <laughs> it's crazy, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't. And I think it's close to two hours. It's like an hour and 45. So saw- that's a long movie to just sit. I was like, I need to pay attention, but I'd rather just be on my phone. <laughs>
1: So I, 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 and, and here's, I told Brianna before we started, uh, I was planning on watching it and, <laughs> and I, you don't have to. <laughs> I, I, turned, I it was funny as I turned it on and it starts very art housey. You're a hundred percent, right. It's almost like a student film. It's, yeah. it was a, it was a grainy uh, film. You could tell it was on mm-hmm. film and they started with the, um, the, um, the, the opening title and a lot of the uh, credits were on the front end. Uh, and it was, I, 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 I checked out, I, I, I punched <laughs> out. I, Trust I, me, I, if you
4: weren't interested then, there's nothing <laughs> else that happens that really wouldn't
1: happen. Well, it, it, but it, it, don't get me wrong. If I was in a theater and I was locked in, and, and that, this, is, that's, this is an interesting side topic. Uh, can art house projects, the ones that have those slow burns, garner the interest of people at home where they have distractions like kids and you know things going on outside the house doing things around the house because if I was in a theater I might have thoroughly enjoyed this or, or been bested in seeing it through but now that I have the option to basically just turn my head or flip the channel
4: it's an easy out
1: <laughs> yeah exactly I'm wondering if this um easy out culture which we just cornered the we coined the phrase easy out culture, <laughs> if that is actually being detrimental or can they even tell because, you know, you already have my money for every other show that you have on Netflix or HBO. Uh, And I'm wondering if that's the case, if the art house films that are not is, you know, uh, pow in your face, you know, know, justice league, Michael Bay, like if um, people are less inclined to watch those than they would uh, because it's it's it's, it's it's the competition is right uh, just a thumb click away i'm wondering if that is the case interesting
4: to me, right. it's kind of both ways though because like i only see movies in the theater that i really want to see so i probably wouldn't have watched it if it was in the theater but mm-hmm. if it had been on netflix later or like you know right now it's on netflix and i was like okay yeah like i really wanted to watch it because of the actors and
1: and Kenny, you were going to say something.
2: Um, yeah. So, I think I think you have a point there with uh, your coined phrase of "easy out" uh, culture. Um,
4: I'm
1: writing it down.
2: Hold yeah.
4: <laughs> We've talked about I get think, out and easy. I think
2: some of it is um, you do have to have. There is a, an audience for that, um, but I think I, I read something. Um, where a lot of people had actually been complaining about like the Mandalorian and WandaVision and and just TV shows in general that are releasing week to week, instead of say traditional Netflix just released the whole season at once and binge it all at the same time. And I read an interesting take on that, that it's that a lot of people have forgotten how to watch TV, right? And they're so used to this instant access, uh, instant, binge mode you know i mean and I, and we're binge theory right like we we like to binge but <laughs> at the same time i think there's a there's a level of appreciation that a lot of us have lost with the suspense you get um and the analysis you get from having shows released week to week because that's i the 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 biggest tv show that that's done that for me recently was game of thrones i didn't realize how much i enjoyed the week to, and I, I, you know, used to hate cliffhangers, right? I hated like waiting for the, but I loved all of the discussion I would have with coworkers and friends and just, uh, and my wife and just talking about all the, the possibilities of what's going to happen in the next episode. What do we think's going on? And I, I realized like, you don't get that when you can see the entire season all at once, you're just like, well, I know it happens because I can watch it all in one day. Um,
4: yeah. It is. It probably is better for discussion, like when it's week at a time, because, you know, that person has only watched that one episode. So it's like, did you watch it last night? <laughs> As opposed yeah. to like, wait, what episode are you on? Yeah, exactly. For sure. um,
2: but I also think that I'm sure Netflix has the ability to look at the data and see how long you you watched a movie. So they can see, like, Julian watched this movie for two minutes and 34 seconds and then checked out.
1: (laughs) Not even that long, but yes.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I think there was actually some controversy over The Witcher, like, when they dropped that season... What they quantified as people watching it, I think was like, you just had to watch 10 seconds of the first episode. Mm -hmm. So it looks super inflated, but you know that not everyone stuck around for that. like how many of those were like accidental clicks or someone just didn't like it and like stopped after the first episode or whatever it is. So, Um, you know, they look at that stuff.
2: (laughs) But I was also going to say that um, I was actually, I was actually wanting to see it, but we we don't have Netflix anymore. Um, So I, I can't. I can't watch it right now, but I actually did want to to watch it because, um, I, I, every once in a while, I do like to watch movies where it's minimal, it's minimal actors, minimal crew, because I think there's, there's, there's really good art to that. Um, and it, it gives you the chance to think about like what, what it took to make that movie. Um, you know, with, with that minimal, that minimal, you know, aspect.
4: Yeah. So, well, and when you are like, used to the marvels, it's like, it's almost like going back to the basics. Like, it's yeah. just like no filters. Like it's just acting for acting sake. Yeah.
1: And I did like uh, Kenny how for a second, you said, um, you know, the, going back to the typical Netflix formula where Netflix was revolutionary just three years ago because everything was episodic up until then. So it did, you're right. It completely um, blew up our, our digestion of media and, and how people do consume media in that respect. Yeah. I I do like, and, and let me put this out to you. Um, I see a difference in episodic shows. I see the episodes of like the single camera sitcoms where it's, everything is wrapped up in 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. You don't need a next episode to know where it's going. Everything is compartmentalized within that episode. And then you have your WandaVisions, your Mandalorians, Mm -hmm. your Game of Thrones that are a part of a larger story arc. Each one has its own little victory or its own little story arc, but it's part of a larger narrative. And I can see, like say for example, The Office, or any show like The Office. I don't need it to be released every week. Just give it to me and I'll consume it like popcorn because I get the the whole package in each episode. Yeah. But when it comes to the um the larger arcs, I can see the benefit of having it done weekly. So I guess the term episodic may be a little too broad. Yeah. And, and I use it. So I'm just thinking maybe I need to re reassess what episodic actually means.
3: Well, I think that's still what they call it, the episodic versus serialized, right?
1: That okay, so let yeah, let's uh, and again we're we're doing uh, we're doing um, media one hundred and (laughs) one here. So let's let's define the difference between between the two, please.
3: So the way I would always I had always done it, right or wrong, serialized was a cohesive story where you can't just watch episode two and then episode ten and then episode seven. Each episode has to be watched in order to be able to follow it. first show that I can remember like that uh, was probably Babylon 5, where you had to watch them all in order. Each one built off another. There were sure some filler episodes here or there, but the entire series was the arc. You could not just bump in here and there, as opposed to a Star Trek The Next Generation, where it was more of an episodic Planet of the Week kind of a thing. And you could watch episode two of season two and episode 10 of season five and besides maybe the actors look a little older um they're on a planet stuff happens they resolve it have a nice day so it doesn't really matter that way and that was always the distinction i made between the two
1: i like that no no that there you go that it's official (laughs) we have a serial and when we have just the simple episodics i like that that that's because uh, I, I like to categorize things and then put them in lists and all fun, fun stuff so
2: not to drag up old hmm. uh older shows and and painful memories but um if i remember correctly when firefly when firefly was released and it was part of the issue with why it was getting poor ratings is uh was it fox that was releasing it Yep. With releasing the episodes out of order. Yep. And the people were confused and therefore they didn't want to watch the show.
3: Yeah. There were emotional bites and, and just actual character building, you know, the same characters on the ship getting to know the characters kind of yep. thing that they released out of order. So you didn't have kind of that appropriate level of emotional attachment and understanding to what their different plates and stories will. Yeah. So you were always just kind of lost wondering, well, why do I care so much? Or, or what, what, what are you talking about that? You know, this thing is going on or that thing is going on. And that was attributed to one of the things that, that never let it really get a foothold.
1: Why did they um, release it out of uh, uh, sequence? <laughs>
3: Fox? You'll have to <laughs> ask them.
1: That, that, that is odd though. I mean, yeah. it just, I can understand loop releasing them all at once, but yeah, just haphazardly. That's like, you know, releasing a well, I don't want to say Gilligan's Island, but uh, like Game of Thrones out of order. Mm-hmm. And, and you're just, huh.
3: Yeah, and I would say to some extent, Firefly was probably more of a, I guess maybe a bit of a hybrid between episodic and serialized where some of the ones now, you have the serialized nature of the the characters' interactions where, you know, things happen and they kind of build um, but essentially it's still a, a planet of the week and event of the week kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, going back, uh, to, you know, something like, a oh, I don't know, maybe a quantum leap, you know, you would have kind of the relationship between the two characters as they got to know each other as they developed a rapport with each other, and, you know, getting that out of order. You know, if you got one that was filmed six or seven episodes in first, you might see a a level of attachment, or you know, it'll be written in such a way that the the writer or the director would assume you've seen six or seven stories of them working together, so they're starting to find their 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 you know flow with each other. And if that's out of order, you're you're never going to get that or see that.
1: Good point. Yeah. Fox, you blew it like so many other projects you've been involved in. So <laughs> good, good, stuff. Um, but
3: they don't see, exist anymore. So now it's only Disney.
1: Yeah, isn't that where we're going eventually, though, Logan? <laughs> They're gonna. It's all, it's all. just Disney. <laughs>
3: it's all just D- Disney or Netflix. Yep.
1: Uh, Netflix better watch its back because I thought I wouldn't put it past Disney just to you know write a write a ridiculously large check and just say you know we'll we'll take it from here, you know you know, what, what do you got? What do you got Netflix? Um, okay. So good topic. Moving on. Now, this one is a, I'm going to, you know, give it to the gaming experts on our <laughs> channel. Um,
3: <laughs> Take it away.
1: Yeah. Th- these are two topics regarding, you know, the gaming industry in general and, you know, um, Google Stadia. Um, Kenny and Brianna, I will let you decide who brings up which topic first, but this is for our gaming um, community out there.
2: I, I will start by saying, I am not a gaming expert. By <laughs> uh, yes, you are. <laughs> no, whatever. Maybe compared to you. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah which anybody compared, could do
3: that. <laughs> compared to a, a regular gamer, Compared to half the people on here, you are so yeah. you're automatically in the majority.
4: <laughs> yeah. Top fifty percent. Yeah, that's yeah, all it I, takes.
2: I, I <laughs> to say that I, that Brianna is probably more of a, a, a gaming expert than I am.
1: All right. Well, you, you can be you can be um in our segment regular gamer.
2: Okay. Uh, semi regular gamer. gamer. There we go. Uh, Brianna, if you want to
4: um well yeah i just wanted to mention it was pretty big news i think two weeks ago now google stadia so it's not officially shutting down but what they did was just dump their first party studios which means that they're not going to have any exclusive games because they're not going to be paying to make them so it was just kind of a disappointment i think across the board i mean compared to other consoles and everything it obviously hasn't performed as much but um you know they do so much R&D to even probably even start that process. And like, they had just launched it in November of 2019. So it's like, they literally barely gave it a chance. They hired like 150 people. I don't know how many games they actually originally had planned, or even if they launched any in that time, but it's basically just giving up any competitive advantage that they had. So it just... It's just kind of sad because it's like you know normally at least you would give it a little bit more of a working chance. Like they didn't even really give it a chance. They didn't even try. <laughs> so,
1: but isn't that their kind of mo though? They just exp- I mean, yeah,
4: and that's kind of the whole shtick. Is like oh there there they go again. Just throw a bunch of money at it and like maybe not have the right people on board to manage it. And it just like, fast, that's not expensive. gonna fit. And it's like video games are so hard to make and like it's such a competitive area like you already have the Xboxes the PlayStation's and the Nintendos who just dominate the consoles obviously that have gone like decades now and just yeah it just I don't know why they even did it in the first place to be honest it's just
1: well maybe they just had um a budget and they said okay um yeah we need yeah. to spend this uh 5 billion dollars what do, uh, yeah billy, billy you know yeah by the vending machines what,
4: what <laughs> like <laughs> I,
1: I like games
4: <laughs> really you're in charge <laughs> so of the gaming a billion
2: dollars million <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dollars go have fun yeah,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. I mean yeah, it's a write-off <laughs> that's
4: what's yeah.
1: sad, is like well uh, it, it, and we I uh, lost on that
4: yeah when I just looked at I was researching a little bit more before we jumped on today and there's all these like recent articles because they're like wait there's like a hundred and plus games coming out this year but again it's not exclusive games it's games that are on every other console so it's like it's not necessarily the kiss of death for it but it certainly is not give like google does not have confidence in its own console and like cloud gaming service so they
2: basically didn't they basically come out and said Google Stadia is a technology platform for Google's partners. It's essentially like the tagline yeah. that right. they've given it now. So right. it's not. It's it's basically like we're going to let our our Google partners leverage this platform for. Right. It sounds like game development, essentially.
4: Kind of, but like again, there. I think that those 150 people lost their jobs because they're not specifically make making games for it. So it's literally just paying others, like getting the licenses from other studios that they do not employ yeah. to be able to use those games. So it's very different than like having their own studios. <laughs> so
2: yeah. uh, that's, that's, that's crazy. To so just stand something up and then not, not give it the the chance to succeed.
4: Yeah. But again, just the work that they probably put even into like seeing if they'd want to do it. I mean, they had to do a lot of research to say like, what is our you know what angle are we approaching this from? Like, what can we do to be better than these other guys? And they just gave up. So,
1: and you know what? That's I hate to say, but I think in like this a monolith size business like this, and they're basically have all these moving pieces, and it's it's almost like let's just test this and if it takes off we'll go with it if it looks like it's going to be some effort and it may not give us the percentage revenue we want eh write yeah, it off
4: that's and, pretty and much exactly what they did. Yeah,
1: when you have <laughs> Didn't enough money not go that great yeah when you have enough money just to fail and it doesn't even yeah. hit, affect your bottom line you'll try anything and and you'll do it kind of half-heartedly and yeah. uh i mean what was that remember uh, google plus the uh, oh uh, yeah,
4: yeah the i forgot thing. about that
1: again <laughs> It was going to be the um, the anti-Facebook. And right, was,
4: the yeah. new social media place to uh, hang out. Yeah, and,
1: and again, you have the entire internet as your infrastructure, and you can't pull that off? Yeah. I think somebody got lazy. <laughs> That's all. <I> mean. <laughs> you, know, um, uh, you Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> Something just coming in. Uh, Cara Dune had all of our action figures taken off the shelves for Mandalorian and, and Gina Carano found out that she was no longer employed on the internet, not from anybody contacting her. What? Ooh. Yes.
3: That's not a good look.
4: That's brutal. Yes.
1: She found out- she actually that, feel
4: bad for her in that.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, it, some people probably do feel bad for her.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also- <laughs> Oh,
1: I'm getting something else in the other <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm hearing that WandaVision is the highest um viewed tv show currently out there it wow. is the most views of any tv show wow. so there you go that that's
2: that, mm-hmm. that goes back to to what brianna said earlier what, what do they count as views <laughs> yeah what yeah. are the statistics
1: <laughs> tell me right now it's got the most three second views of any tv show <laughs>
2: right but um no to to go back to the whole gaming thing um also not just Google Stadia, um, but to talk about like changes in the gaming industry in general. So being the average, I call myself a casual gamer. Cause I'm not,
1: I like that name too.
2: Yeah. I am a casual gamer. Casual um, gamer. Yes. I know. I'm not hardcore. I, I play for fun. I do not play for, you know, competition. I don't play professionally. I play to have fun and, so if a video, if I'm playing a video game and I'm not having fun, I I just toss
1: it. I I just get rid of it. Just a simple um, man trying to make his way through the levels.
0: But yeah,
1: you know, but it's not as bad as it. I.
2: The gaming industry is so huge compared to what it was when we were all growing up. Like growing up, there was. Your, your cons, it was basically the console games, and, and you know, you had arcades, you had consoles, computer, you know, PC, and that was it. Um, and now there's so many genres, like, you still have the consoles, you still have PC. Um, surprisingly, there's still arcades, um, but. Aren't they like retro arcades? Aren't they like ironic arcades? <laughs> <laughs> not like, you know, there's like bar, called, a lot of them are called barcades now. Like it's, you know, they're, a lot of them target adult, more like, um, you know, late teen and, and more adult customers.
1: Um, but are, are they new games or are they like the, um, the Ms. Pac-Man? It's a no, it's a, it's a mix of new and old. Um, I know Dave and Buster's used to be the last arcade that I saw.
2: There's actually, a, there's one up in... Uh, Um, ashburn virginia i think it's called the zone Hmm. um i've been up there a few times it's it's pretty cool Hmm. um and they have a full you know full bar and they they have food and stuff so yeah you can
1: we uh, might might have have to do an on location location (laughs) uh,
2: like then you have then then we had smartphones come out and then you had the the um advent of um, mobile gaming and mobile gaming has just changed gaming in general.
4: It's because there's so much money there,
2: yeah. Like, so a lot more companies the are making gaming
4: them. Industry is just
1: a money maker. Um, and you know, know what? And here's the thing I let, let me let me dig in on that for one second, Kenny, because uh, I am a you know what you call a uh a thumb gamer, you know, where you're basically you know, uh, thumb gaming on your phone. And Brianna is 100% right. It is such a money grab because you can, these games are set up almost where you can't lose. It's this Hmm. steady progression of, you know, okay, yeah, you made an advancement, here's an ad. You made a little more advancement, here's an ad. And before you realize you've been playing it for four months and you haven't really done anything other than change the color of the background, and seeing yep. seen literally 5,000 ads. So it, it's it's very clever. It's very, or,
2: clever. hey, pay us $4.99 and you can get rid of the ads.
4: I never <laughs> fall for that. <laughs> I'm a cheapskate. like, I'll just sit here through it. I'm not paying them any money.
1: <laughs> it, it's a game of attrition. I'll watch your ads. I'm not giving you a penny. Yeah, exactly. Put but they make up. more money on the ads than they do off that $4.99. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's calculated. I mean, yeah. um, I, I've worked with some app developers and it is a, um, you know, a, a cost assessment where you're saying, okay, our average player will not get bored for two, three months and the, their average play time is yada, yada. So based on that ad, you know, it, it's like insurance. They, they already know what the numbers are before you start playing. So, but uh, you're right. Mobile gaming, uh, has usurped a lot of the uh the consoling, and uh, I'm, I'm sure not like the really in depth. Matter of fact, I remember three episodes ago, I had mentioned these just epic uh games that I was playing on mobile, and it was uh like the one that you'd mentioned, Brianna. The um, what was the name of it? A uh, Colossus,
4: oh, Shadow of the Colossus,
1: mm-hmm. Shadow of the Colossus, those types of games, but it was one was called Sky, and you're like able to run and glide, and it, it's just you know beautiful soundtrack um animal noises and uh string uh scoring it and i'm just looking at this and i'm like what where's my pong i, I want pong back
4: <laughs> and or like snake or whatever it's called <laughs> um, oh no, I, I want
1: my minesweeper back where's
4: my minesweeper oh minesweeper
2: yeah <laughs> so what i what i was going to to mention in regards to changes to games is there's a lot of games that I really want to get into and really want to play. But because I'm just a casual gamer, and I am older, right? I'm in my 40s. And my mind does not work the way it used to.
4: It's my my
2: hand-eye coordination is not what it used to be. So there are games that I really want to play, but because my mind just cannot process the game quick enough, I I cannot play it. Like I either have to play it, on the easy the easiest or next to easiest level yeah i just can't play in general and i definitely don't do a lot of multiplayer because i mean i'm you're you're playing against people that that play you know half their day um so it's as much as i like gaming like there's a lot that's gotten really frustrating so there's there's some things that are targeted towards casual gamers and then there's there's not so, um, you know, I mentioned – I think I mentioned in a couple episodes that I was playing the F1 game a lot, right, the Formula 1 game on, on my PS4. And it's all—it's—it's it's fun, but you can have a lot more fun out of it by not playing in the casual, easy <laughs> the control car. Like if you put more simulation into it, like you, you up the, the AI level so that it's harder to race against. But the problem is, is, once I take off the, yeah. the, the training wheels, I just, I, I don't have the hand eye coordination to make it fun. It's it becomes instantly frustrating and the time it takes someone to play the game long enough to, to develop that skill. I don't have that kind of time. So that, that's that's some of my issues with the way the gaming industry has gone. Is there's a lot of games that are just they're geared towards more um, the gamers that you know are playing five six seven eight hours a day. Because <laughs> I get it. like I get that that's their that is their um, primary yeah. market right. That's who they're marketing towards. But it's it would be nice, but like the formula one game, they have what they call a cat. This year they introduced a casual racing style where it's like they put on all the training wheels you can make the AI as hard as you want. Um, which does make it more challenging for like somebody like me. But if more games did stuff like that, it would be easier to to allow like casual gamers to play.
1: Yeah. I, I think it, you know, and again, I'm sure they crunched the numbers and they said, Hey, who has uh, a ridiculous amount of free time and can you know throw some money away on a seventy dollars game? And it's usually not somebody with a mortgage. No. So I, yeah, I, right. I I think um, a lot of times it's the mortgage payer buying the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I, I I definitely think you know you're right. Is that at a certain age your brain turns to mush and <laughs> you're, you're you can't you can't hang, old man. You just can't hang. So, so I mean.
3: I kind of feel, I won't say quite the same way, but I certainly appreciate that I'm not going to spend, you know, hours and hours mastering a game anymore when I've got, you know, multiple kids running around and work and mortgages and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, But I think the biggest thing for me has just been realizing that there's no shame in the easy setting. If the story is good, have that now.
4: Not all of them, but more.
3: If the story is good and it's an engaging story and you're taking part in that story, that's more interactive than you could ever really be watching a movie or a TV show. So I love
4: them so much.
3: You've got, (laughs) yes, yes, you've got that level of interaction. And you know what? So what if you can't beat it on hard? That doesn't matter. You know, enjoy the story. A lot of these games have, you know, actual published authors and writers behind them telling an engaging story. Like, you know, enjoy that. Live that story. Be with that story. But don't place unnecessary burdens on yourself to enjoy the act of gaming. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, Well, and for me, I hate almost every game for the first couple hours because like you're trying to learn this stuff (laughs) depends on how difficult it is because yeah not like Mm -hmm. for the most part there's like a general mapping of a controller but there's gonna be differences so it does take that learning curve but yeah I mean you could go into just probably an hours long discussion on that like you'd be I like even when I heard how Little like you can even, I could log on my PlayStation right now and see like the completion rate. So, like, probably on average, less than 30 to 40 percent of people that start that game will finish that game. Uh-huh. Like, most of what I have is single player, but um, I mean, that's shockingly low, <laughs> obviously. So, yeah, studios are always looking at that kind of stuff, but also like cyberpunk is another good example. They had the Witcher three is so long. And that Mm -hmm. same studio kept hearing like, it's too long. It's too long. It's too long. So when they made cyberpunk, they made the main campaign like 25 hours as opposed to like 50 plus. (laughs) So they're always looking at that, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. It's, it's interesting. Um,
2: One of the other things um, I've noticed is the gaming communities um have a closer connection to the game developers now.
0: Yeah.
2: So one of the wildest things I've seen in recent times was last year. So I've I played Madden for years. Um because I can play it on easy and I enjoy it. <laughs> um but I don't play like online against other people. I just stick to my franchise mode and I'm happy. But Madden hasn't updated, they haven't really done any good updates to the franchise mode in years, and they have been promising the the gaming community for a while. When they did their their release for Madden 21 last summer, as soon as the community saw, like, this is day of the, um, the release of the footage, right? Like, here's our next version of Madden, same day. It was trending on uh, on like Twitter because the entire gaming or the Madden gaming community basically was like, "There's no update to franchise. This is absolutely ridiculous." We're all dropping, like our our pre-orders. We're not. We're boycotting. And and apparently, Madden or the uh, EA heard that, and within like I think a week or so, they they basically. Came out and said, "We hear what you're saying. We're taking all this back. We're gonna re- we're gonna revisit this, and we're gonna actually make good updates to the franchise mode." And they did, and I was really shocked by that because I was like, "That's that's pretty awesome." That you know, I don't like to to say mob mentality can be used for good, but this was an instance of where the entire community came together and were like something has to be done because clearly EA is just after the money grab because they're not doing what they're saying they're going to do. And they held them accountable. Um,
4: it can I- be really bad though. Cause like when Halo dropped that, like uh, that trailer, I think it was over a year ago, they got eaten alive because of how bad it looked just compared to like what Sonic the Hedgehog used movie. to. Oh, yep. true. That's oh, another good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, yeah. So the, the Halo guys are still working on it. Like they're, they probably added a year at least to their development cycle to fix it because people are like, this doesn't look right. It looks crappy. And it did look I mean, really old. I, mean, like, I,
2: think it's a, I think that's kind of a good thing though, that.
4: If people were nicer, the problem is that like, or even like the last of us two had those, it's the worst leak I've ever seen in video games. They got attacked. They got death threats. I mean, yeah, some of these I, people are insane. They're not nice about it. I don't
2: like the, I do not like the, The mob mentality where we make violent threats like that. Yeah, if you're if people are doing that, it's awful. To me, like at that point, you become a useless human being.
4: (laughs) Your games are taken away forever.
2: (laughs) Not even that. I think at that point, like if that's how you act and think, somebody is doing something you don't like, so you're like, I want to kill them. Like, where? How did you get that mindset to begin with? Like, who? Yeah, it's disturbing. What happened what, in your life that Like
4: it is just a video Madden, game, guys. Yeah. Like there are worse problems in the yeah. world. So,
2: I don't I don't like that mentality. And I actually didn't see a lot of that from the the e, the Madden community. It was more like, "Hey, I'm actually canceling my pre-order." And then they would follow through with it. And I'm wondering if companies like GameStop and Best Buy and other other gaming outlets Started seeing that, and we're, and maybe we're reporting, and that was somehow getting back to like EA that hey, this is really happening. Like people are actually canceling their pre-orders of the game, right. and that's what got their attention.
1: Uh, I, I I would um, just to uh, you know put a finer point on that. I would say that just like before, there is a uh, a, a cost analysis that goes into everything, and I wouldn't even say it's necessarily the the vitriol that moves the needle, but it's the dollars. And if they see that, mm. um, and to use Logan's uh, analogy perfectly, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, they hate the way it looks. How much would it cost us to fix it versus how much do you think we'll lose if nobody goes to see it? Uh-huh. And they say, yeah. well, we could fix it for about maybe 10, $20 million. Do it. And I think that's the same metric that's applying to gaming. They say, hey, you know, with the feedback we're getting, we're probably going to do this much in sales. How much would it cost to go back and rework it? And and that's, that's business 101 is, you know, you try and make the most with what you got. And yeah, and because we live in this world where you can get instant feedback, because focus groups are the world now, you can literally find out what you're going to be doing based on, you know, the I'm sure they have some sort of an algorithm where they're actually seeing all of the negative posts and the positive posts. I mean, I've done metrics on that where I've literally seen the, the thumbs up and thumbs down on posts. So it's not too hard to quantify. No. Yeah.
3: And, and, and it worked for Sonic. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. I mean, it, it blew up. It hit what? $300 million box office and there's a second one in development. I mean, it it paid off to listen. Yeah.
1: And I think a big part of that might have been because not only did it get all the press for it being so horrible, mm-hmm. but it doubled down on getting that press because it said, okay, I want to see how they fixed it. You know, so it's almost like if Cats would have reworked their, <laughs> um, you know, their movie, I bet they would have had it. <laughs> so mm. you know,
2: um, one of the other, other gaming uh, points I was going to talk about, I wanted to get everybody's thoughts on was there there's been a huge leap and, and push into the virtual reality and augmented reality games that are, you know, geared towards helping people be more active. Like uh, for virtual reality, um, I have several friends that have that game uh, beat saber. I was going to say, beat and, saber. They, <laughs> and they, they love it, but they're like, it is, it becomes like an arm workout. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have games like Pokemon go and, and, um, you know, the, the platform that that was built on, uh, which was e- egress or In- ingress, I think. ingress, ingress. And then of course there was like a Harry Potter version that came out, uh, on, from the same platform, um, that are geared towards getting people out of their houses and moving around and discovering new things. Um, and I just what was you know wanted to see what everybody's takes on those were.
1: Uh well I remember when I was younger, I used to um, go outside and live without the assistance of <laughs> You didn't
4: have to buy something. Yeah. And oh, it, well, that, that must have been
3: a while ago.
1: Yes, it well, you know, it, <laughs> it, it looked like um uh, it looked like the movie Malcolm and Marie. Everything was black and white. <laughs> yes.
3: Uh before but, uh, color. Uh,
1: yes, before
2: color uh, 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 had a
1: tether and and I um I do remember when we came out and the Wii was supposed to be the physical uh... I, was like,
4: I still have my Wii. it's mm-hmm. so
1: fun. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> is you can be lazy with the Wii. there was there's so many ways to be lazy with
4: it. Yeah, you could just be like
1: <laughs> do
2: you put put <laughs> Beat
4: saber, you have to be like <laughs> constantly.
1: So can you put it on easy? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> What's that? We you put we oh, on easy. Oh,
2: I- Literally, all like bowling. all of the games, like you can, like bowling, you can sit in your chair and you don't have to get up and do anything. You just, how can you make bowling
1: less of a physical sport?
2: <laughs> that I'm just saying, same thing with tennis, like you can play it from sitting in a chair, like there's yes, yeah. very little movement
1: to require. So, yes, um, that, that's that, that is, I'm sorry, yeah, um, every, everybody else had thoughts <laughs> the uh, the virtual, you know. You know, uh, like what was Michelle Obama's initiative? uh, Get out and play, stupid! I forget what was the name of it. (laughs) Oh, let's let's get get moving.
4: I'm sure sure that's it.
1: (laughs) Get out of the house. Yes.
4: I mean, I'm not opposed to them. I'm I like VR, but like they're still kind of expensive so it's because mm-hmm. you have to buy the whole setup
0: yeah, the whole kit. obviously
4: but yeah and those are ones that i'll play for a little while but not like a i mean i can play all day if i have the right game so I don't yeah, know. But yeah they, it's cool to get people moving
3: mm-hmm. yeah i think the cost of entry for good vr is still just too high for most 100. people it's way too mm-hmm. high i know it's high for me um and i don't think as much as the the Pokemon Go and some of the others worked, I don't think there's still a good enough interface for AR to really take it to that next level. Um, I mean, I really think you'd need a pair of of AR glasses that don't look dorky, for lack of a scientific term. Um, And then you can really, I mean, what you can do once it reaches that point is limitless i mean you can have entirely separate worlds and countries you can live in yeah. all in ar overlaid in the real world with existing buildings and existing places and things i mean
4: and did you know you will remember things like directionally mm-hmm. like you would in real life as opposed to like watching it or just playing a regular video game mm. because like how it's like mapped onto your face and how your brain receives it as
2: there's a really good uh, two book series that I read uh, by an author author named Daniel Suarez and it is called Damon and Freedom TM. And part of the overall plot of that, that those two books is that this uh, multi-billionaire gamer before he dies has created this basically um, alternate or augmented reality um, you know, RPG like or MMORPG, mm-hmm. where that, that basically becomes its own subculture and sub society. Like, you can only interact with with people if you are part of that that society, and you have to have the the. They talk about how you see people wearing these, you know, kind of weird glasses, but they're not really weird, um, and they're presenting an augmented reality. Mm-hmm. Um, that reminds me of Ready Player One. It's not that it's this is more near. Ready future. Player I, One was full like, VR, way uh-huh. in the future. This I, this is using a lot of near future technology, and it, it actually is a lot like Logan was describing, where it's it becomes less of a video game and more of a new society where people are interacting. Um, you know, and creating a new currency mm-hmm. and, and all these, it was, it was just, it's really interesting. I, I, I would, I really recommend those two books like people that like near future technology and, and, and you know, that it's not so much fantasy as it is just like, yeah. Tech. Um,
3: yeah. I mean, I remember going to a Microsoft store. Um, this must've been two or three years ago and um, getting to see a demo of their HoloLens. Hmm. And that was the closest to, to that kind of, of interface and that interactivity that like you're going to need to get in a much more mobile, compact, fashionable package in order to make AR a, a completely viable thing. Um, I mean, inside their area to, to see you know a T-Rex dancing on, on a record player and multiple TV screens on the walls that don't exist. I mean, the, the demo was on point. It was clearly limited to just that demo, um, but the possibilities for what it could do were the closest real world example to what it would need to get to, um, to really be the next thing. And whoever cracks that has it, there's no question.
2: Think about like you're walking. If you were walking around and like I run into you on the street, Julian, and then but I haven't met you before. But because we're both part of this um, augmented reality subculture, I can see that like what's displayed for me is your character is-, is your name, and I can you know through interacting with the lens, I can click on like a profile and I can see who you are, and I can see. How other people who have interacted with you have rated you you know think like kind of like a reddit thing where First you, of all, you,
1: you can't know, trust those ratings uh kenny you can't so trust
2: them at all. that's what, what was really cool about that that book series i was writing is they they talk about that because people can you know up or down vote um and ha- based on interaction but the way they do it is you can't you can't upvote or downvote without having a verifiable interaction with somebody. And the only way that can be done is through that AR interaction.
1: Reminds me of that, uh, Black Mirror episode. With, uh, <laughs> I was
4: just saying, uh, <laughs> if it was Dallas- worse. It'd be that Black Mirror episode.
1: Yes. With Bryce Dallas Howard. Great yes. Episode.
4: That was so crazy. I
1: would love that app where you can just rate everything. Level. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but uh, again, uh, and, and let, um, Just, first of all, Logan, I liked how you um, broke down the difference between serialized versus episodic. Please break down augmented reality versus virtual reality.
3: So virtual reality is when you are completely inside of a fully virtualized or or made up world. So you have a complete headset on that is obscuring your outer vision, if you're going to go with your Ready Player One style, you're on a uh, you know a treadmill, omnidirectional treadmill kind of a thing. Um, so you're you're completely in that world. It is fully virtual, augmented reality. You are basically like it says, augmenting the reality that you're living in. So you've got either a pair of glasses or contacts or something that's overlaying images on top of you. So you could you know, be an American citizen, but you're also a citizen of the uh, augmented reality country of Sokovia. So you're walking down the street and this laundromat that you might never have gone into actually has an overlay of Sokovian embassy. So you could walk in, go into it, and then there would be an arrow or, or other parts that would say, you know, go to the back here. You would go right to the back and there could be a keypad on a door. Anybody else would think it's just a regular, you know, laundromat back room. But since you're a Sokovian citizen, the keypad code shows up, you open it up, you go back there and you're in, you know, maybe like a a speakeasy kind of a bar that nobody else would know exists, but it's only available for Sokovian citizens.
2: You got so, to read those books I was mentioning. Cause that's, that's yeah, I, I,
1: I love it. In speaking of Google, starting developing on something and totally just scrapping it because you know Google glasses weren't they weren't they essentially augmented I mean, reality? Yeah remember they that?
3: were partially so that was more of a it was augmented reality, but it would probably be more considered of a heads up display type thing. The Google glasses themselves had that small kind of a, a prism like cube where you would have things displayed in your field of view, but it didn't necessarily fully immerse you in a world. So it was gotcha. more of a um, there are some actually um, motorcycle helmet companies who are working on that kind of a heads up display in a motorcycle helmet Ooh. for speed, for news, for weather, for other things as kind of a heads up display in your helmet while you're, you're riding for essential information. And I would probably say that Google Glass was more akin to to that kind of a walk around heads up display. I think that's actually how it's still being used in some manufacturing areas, the last I heard, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to a fully immersive augmented reality.
1: Well, and, and to your point, I think augmented reality would be, that's, that's another evolutionary jump, just like um, smartphones, because mm. you're right, if you could look at a restaurant and the menu pops up or a commercial mm-hmm. pops up or the rating pops up. It takes so much of the thinking out of life. And that's what technology is all about. Mm-hmm. It's helping you, dummy. It's helping you get through this world. So I, I love it. I love all of that. Um I'll start working on that with you guys um after the show. <laughs> we'll we'll put together some VR A R uh head m um, HUD stuff. So good good stuff. Good good stuff. Um guys th- that is all i have so um amazing stuff again fantastic um fantastic um, episode as always uh re- we're going to be back for episode 7 of WandaVision uh you know unless our old brains can't you know muster the ability to get back <laughs> online because we're you know what do you call it? um decrepitude i think that's what they called it in um blade runner yes uh Oh, we got the old man disease, you know, I I can't play games anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, but yes. And also on um, March 18th, um, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Zack Snyder's four hour long opus to special effects. And
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's a great great way to name it. I like Mm. that. Yeah.
1: We'll see what that is gonna be like and um i and on
3: I, march 19th we'll be talking about falcon and the winter soldier because that drops on the 19th
1: exactly uh, exactly remember remember last episode logan i was talking about how they're they're rolling out the marvel stuff yeah so uh and and th- but also you know the the star wars stuff so i think disney i'm i'm gonna i'm willing to bet that disney on these um uh serial episodes are going to be uh two three seasons tops i I don't think they're going to run them into the ground they got obi-wan no
3: yeah i think like we said they'll be as just as long as they need to be and they're not going to go on any longer than that
1: exactly exactly can you imagine like a mandalorian Osaka, um obi-wan kenobi all running simultaneously you know again my old brain can't handle that much so (laughs) keep it keep it simple you know that just you know keep keep my membership going by just keep feeding me slowly the next episode. And, and that's another thing. If you think about it, um, the Disney Channel, their library is huge, but it's not Netflix huge. So you could, in theory, run through them probably in a couple of months uh, and, and you know, just get bored and then turn off your thing. So I think that's also probably part of their business model where they are, you know, parsing things out just to keep you engaged. It could be, you know, uh, they don't have me in the board meetings, but that is what I'm assuming. So. Unless you have kids. Exactly. Because, yes, kids will watch the same thing over and over again, you know, bless them. I'm it...
3: a oh, big kid then. I, I I would love to see a counter on my account as how many times we've watched Frozen, Frozen 2, and Moana. Uh, that would be uh, both entertaining <laughs> and sad.
2: That would be me with uh, the Avatar, The Last Airbender series.
3: Hmm.
1: The, not the M. Night Shyamalan one, the series, right? Oh,
2: the, the series, the that's why I said series. <laughs> I got,
1: I got. Now, and um, yeah, that's another thing. I, I have kind of, I have been rewatching some Netflix anime episodes. Um, mm-hmm. And what's really bizarre is a lot of them are the same story. There's like this new series of fighting, like MMA fighting um, anime. Some of them have that like um, 3D uh, look to them. Um I think, and, and I'm gonna slaughter the name, so easy, internet, easy. I'm just reaching here, okay? <laughs> um, one is like, I think it's called Kenshin. Um, and you know, it's, it's, and the other one is Baki. Mm. Uh, and they're the same character. Um, it's, you know, just this laid back casual guy who's just the best at everything. He's like your Goku type of a, uh, of a character. You know, same, you know, uh, you know, unkempt hair. And he's just really laissez faire, everything's cool. And then he goes into these brutal matches and everything gets slowed down and they're thinking. And you hear their internal monologue of how they're going to sweep the leg or whatever, you know, kung fu they're doing. It, it's, But it's funny, Is like I watch them and I watch them again and again, they're formulaic. Mm-hmm. And it's like a video game because they're fighting these characters that are just bizarre and have all these special techniques. And then they got to figure out how to beat the special technique. End end of episode and they go on to the next one. And guess what? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's just another another guy with another weird superpower. It's
2: that's hey, that's that's how you uh that's how you do it, right? You, exactly. Once you unlock the secret formula, you just
3: beat it to death.
1: You know what? They they don't <laughs> hey, they they don't dollar it's worth. blue yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, the rule of life is they don't they don't make two big Macs. You know why they don't have to.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so with that word of wisdom, I would like to wrap it up. <laughs> I would like to wrap it up and and just say, hey, out there, remember to take care of each other, take care of yourselves, and as always, remember if it's worthwhile, it's worth binging.